Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Heston, back with a brand new episode here on The Truth. Back with my boy, AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing here today? I'm doing good now. How are you? Doing great as well. We're going over week 11 here in the NFL in full. If you guys wanted to see the Thursday night preview from a couple days ago, even though the game's already happened, feel free to go check that one out. We are going to be covering week 11 in fantasy football slash the NFL. We'll first go over our three takeaways from last week. That will lead us into our game of the week, two games to watch out for, our lock of the week, upset of the week, before switching gears to fantasy where we'll give you our two must-starts, two must-sits, two sleepers, and two busts. Without further ado, AJ, go ahead and give me your three keys to success from Week 10 in the NFL. I'll give you my three key takeaways. I can't, I can't give you the three keys to success. But I, my I take- to say my take- the takeaways, man. Yeah, so my first takeaway is Josh Allen and the Madden curse. I mean, Madden curse has kind of been deflected off some guys like Mahomes as of recent. But this year, I mean, the Madden curse is hitting Josh Allen hard. Uh, I know it's uh, – I looked it up. It isn't every single game he's thrown an interception up to this point. But he has enough enough interceptions, two interceptions games, to make it at least one per game up to this point. So, I mean, that's been – it's been bad. I mean, he didn't play that good. A couple of the turnovers weren't really his fault uh, in that game In that game against the Broncos. I mean, James Cook, you can't really blame, uh, blame him on that handoff. I mean, it was kind of confusing. Like, it was like he's trying to hand it off, but then he kind of, like, tossed it, also trying to give it to Cook. So, uh, that was back and forth. Next up, I, this Giants team. I mean, I know I mentioned it last week. This Giants team's bad. I mean – Danny DeVito, uh, two passing touchdowns. Who would have guessed that? They let him throw the ball 27 times. I mean, I would have never guessed that. I mean, I get it. He's your quarterback. But looking at the first two weeks, uh, he maybe had a combined 20 pass attempts the first, like, full-time playing that he had. And then to go out and give him that many pass attempts, I mean, and scoring 17 points, I mean, that was was most surprising. I mean, by a guy who still lives at home and his mom – still makes his bed uh, after he wakes up. I mean, that's that's a wild statement that he put out uh, put out there. I mean, just to make sense. And then Trevor Lawrence, I mean, it's bad. I mean, he hasn't been good. I get it. He's been playing against the 49ers this week, but it was such a blowout that they went to C.J. Beathard uh, for, like, the final two drives or something like that. Trevor Lawrence had two interceptions with 17 for 29, 185 yards. I mean, couldn't get anything going against this 49ers defense, which I know is good, but only put up three points when you're a division leader in your division. I mean, they're still six and three after this game. Uh, so not bad, but it just it wasn't a good game. I mean, nothing could get going. T-Law had two rush attempts, seven yards. I mean, they couldn't get anything going. Christian Kirk had a good day, but he basically had all the yards, six catches for 104 yards. There's only 81 yards between everyone else. And four of his completions uh 37 yards there were to his running backs on just dump off passes so i mean it he's been it just hasn't been good i mean we saw the high last year i mean he's supposed to be like the combined next brady and peyton manning but we haven't seen that this year at all yeah so my first takeaway from last week is the vikings are legit i mean we took care of business we're on a five game win streak let's not forget too we were doing this all without Justin Jefferson and Josh Dobbs at quarterback. Look, the Vikings look really good. Ty Chandler, I was really excited to see Ty Chandler get in the swing of things last week as the number two running back there for the Vikings. The offensive line play has held up. You know, injuries continue to be a concern. Jordan Hicks is on IR. Kind of had a weird situation. I think he ended up hurting, ended up hurting his shin. 
And then his swelling got really bad to the point where he had to go to the hospital and get emergency surgery. Otherwise, he was going to potentially get his leg amputated. So he's going to be out for a period of time, which definitely hurts the linebacking core. But, you know, all in all, I think this Vikings team is legit. We're sitting with a 6-4 and four record right now. Kind of weird. I know he talked a little bit about the Bills, but the fact that the Vikings have a better record than the Bills, the way that both teams started the season, it's quite insane for me to think about, especially teams like the Chargers. They have a better record than the Chargers as well. Um, you know, when you look at the Vikings as a whole, sitting with a 6-4 and four record, yeah, some people may not say they're legit, but I don't know how much more legit you can really make it seem. It's going to be a very intriguing matchup this week as we're taking on the red-hot Denver Broncos on Sunday Night Football on the road. It's going to really determine who's got to push for the postseason and who's going to you know, maybe start the rebuilding process. My second key to success is the Patriots are bad in all, question, or in all capitals. The Patriots are terrible. The Patriots have been playing so bad this season. Last week was no joke as well in that absolute thriller of a game as the Colts beat them in Germany 10-6. to Mac Jones definitely has struggled tremendously. He went 15 for 20 for 170, none, and one horrible interception. Bailey Zapp threw a horrible interception as well. The running game has been somewhat consistent. If there's a consistency on this team as a whole, Stevenson and Elliott have had, kind of had a good two, one-two punch there. But as far as receiving is concerned, there's nothing really that jumps out on the page, and the defense struggles as well. So it's just been bad to see. I mean, this is a Patriots team, and Patriots fans know that they have only really won in the NFL. Well, not necessarily in the NFL, but in recent time. Obviously, besides the last couple of seasons, but it's never gotten to the point where it's been this bad. There's some real soul-searching that the Patriots need to do. They've already made some moves. They cut Jack Jones. They have a bye week this week. Bill Belichick, excuse me, said that every position is going to be thoroughly analyzed. So there's a lot of things going on here with the Patriots. I think there's some question marks if Bill Belichick's going to get fired. I hope not. I like Bill Belichick a lot as a coach. I think he definitely is the right guy there. Just because you have a bad team doesn't mean you have to fire the coach. But I think, you know, the Mac Jones era is probably going to be coming to an end. They're going to be so low in the picks this season that there's a lot of good quarterbacks. I wouldn't be surprised if they go get a guy like Drake May. I think Drake May is a guy that, you know, they would really have their eyes on. I don't think Caleb Williams is a guy that the Patriots would want to get. I mean, that just doesn't seem like a Bill Belichick guy. But the Patriots are bad. And for Patriots fans, I don't feel sorry for you because I think everyone can hate the, the Patriots. But, yeah, they're really bad. And then finally, the Bills need some changes. They already made some changes. They fired their offense coordinator, Ken Dorsey. And that was the start of it. Like, they needed to get something going because they're 5-5. Five and five. Josh Allen has not been playing good as well at all. You mentioned the Madden curse. Is that a thing? Is it not? Looks to be the king. The defense has been playing subpar. The running game has been kind of irrelevant at times. I think their wide receiver core, you know, Stephon Diggs is very good, but a little bit undershadowed. I think it all hinders on Josh Allen. It seems like he has an interception or a turnover every game. That has to be fixed. But if the Bills are going to compete for not only the AFC East division, but for the AFC Championship as well. They definitely got to start performing better. So we'll see what happens with them down the line. I think losing at home to the Broncos on Monday Night Football, which was kind of shooting themselves in the foot as well. You know, they, The Broncos had missed a field goal for the win. They ended up having 12 guys in the defensive side. And uh, what's even crazier, actually, I'm not going to say that. It's really bad. But anyways, the Bills ended up coming away you know, with that vic- or the loss there, and they really need to make some changes. If they're able to make some changes, I think they're going to be better off for it. But, yeah, they made some changes there with the OC. I don't know if that was the right decision. I like Ken Dorsey as a whole. I don't think you can play Ken Dorsey for Josh Allen's turnovers, but they got to find a way to get going and, and now. Okay, let's go ahead and preview week 11. Go ahead and give me your game of the week. So before I give you the game of the week, I mean, I know what you're about to say, and that was going to be wild. If if you guys picked <laughs> up on that, that would it. Niall, you need to calm down. I mean, that, that would have been a I, wild I, statement I, to put out there. I very much calm down. All right, so <laughs> my game of the week is going to be Eagles-Chiefs. I think this is an obvious one. I think it's going to be a really good game here. Uh, the Chiefs defense, this is the best defense Mahomes has had. I mean, 
this defense in the passing game, uh, they're the fourth best uh, in the NFL. They've only given up 1,584 yards up to this point. They have a lot of 12 passing touchdowns, do have five receptions, but the Eagles' pass defense, bottom 10 in the league, allowing 2,313 yards, 19 passing uh, touchdowns, only four receptions. Now, on the other hand, this defense for the Eagles, the rushing game, uh, the rushing defense is the best or second best in the NFL uh, right now. I mean, they've only they given up the least amount of yards by by about 100, 115 exactly. They've only given up 597 passing, rush, sorry, rushing yards in this game and only three rushing touchdowns. Well, the Chiefs, they're not as good on the ground uh, defensively. They have given 1,010 yards, which is right about in the middle, maybe upper third of the NFL, but only allowing three rushing touchdowns. So both defenses have been great. Uh, I think that they've really played to each other's strengths in the sense of uh, Mahomes, that passing offense is much better than their rushing offense as a whole, especially as of lately with Pacheco not really finding much success uh, in the red zone. I think that's going to play in Chiefs' favor, but I also think it's going to play a little bit more into the Eagles' favor, favor, that the Eagles have a really good running game with Hurts, with Swift, they have a really good offensive line, uh, that the Chiefs' defense, rush defense, isn't as good. So I think you're going to see a lot – well, I go about more rushing in this game out of the Eagles, and then you're obviously going to see Mahomes throw the ball like 90% of the time. Uh, but I think that's really going to play on the flavor. I think there's going to be a lot of big plays in this one. Yeah, I think Eagles and Chiefs is definitely the game of the week for a lot of people. I mean, you look at this matchup as a whole, it's the Super Bowl from last season. Obviously, I'm going to go with the Chiefs winning this game here. I, I think I'm just the big, biggest Eagles hater because I've said this time and time again. But I think at Chiefs at home here on primetime game as well, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. And who knows? When you look at the roster-wise, the Eagles are the better team. But it seems to be, especially when the Eagles are playing, they don't find a way to lose. But this is the week where the Chiefs don't find a way to lose as well. I think the Chiefs as a whole as well, the way that they've been playing offense and defense, very smooth-wise, has really helped them as a, as, a, as, a, as a whole too. So, yeah, there's some inconsistencies with the Chiefs. They're coming off a bye week. They're able to get healthy, get fresh, all that good stuff. I'm still going to go ahead and the Chiefs winning this game here against the Eagles, but it should be an absolute dog burner. should be a fun game. They should have moved this game to Sunday night and put the Vikings-Broncos on Monday night. Okay, your two games to watch out for. So the first one I'm going to talk about is a game that I think everyone's already watched up to this point. It's going to be that Bengals-Ravens game. I, I think it's going to be a really fun game. Uh, here, I mean, we're recording this right before the game, so I haven't, we haven't watched it yet, but I think it's going to be a really good one. On top of that, I think most people already have, but Steelers Browns uh, are always is always a really fun game. So I'm gonna go with that one. I'll give you a third one just because, in the sense that we've already the, that game's already passed by the time uh, this episode's come out, and a little more interesting. Titan Jack Titans and Jags here. Uh, Jags defense hasn't been good. They well both de- both teams defense really haven't been that good. Titans a little bit better than Jags, but Jags a little bit better offense compared to the Titans. I think Derrick Henry really gets it going here. I think this is the game Trevor Lawrence kind of flips their season around. He starts to get going as well. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game just because I think there will be a lot more big plays uh, going on, and both defenses are very prone to giving up those big plays. Uh, Will Levis, I mean, his first game in the NFL, uh, four touchdowns on basically all big plays to DeAndre Hopkins. I I would expect one of those this week as well. So for my two games to watch out for, the first one, I got to go with my Vikings at the Broncos. And it's not just because I'm going to be watching the game, but these are two teams that are hot, right? The Vikings have won five straight. The Broncos have won three straight. Both teams, the way that they started the season, 
obviously we're, we're doomed, it looked like, for the postseason. But both teams have found a way to kind of get back in the swing of things and have somewhat of success. And so this is going to be a very interesting matchup. Both offenses are hot. I think the Vikings offense is a bit more hot, but I trust the Broncos defense more. And it is in Denver, too, which plays to their advantage. So there's a lot of things going to the Broncos' favor here. I am a big Vikings fan, obviously, as you guys know, but I'm still going to go ahead and go with the Broncos winning this game here. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But at the end of the day, playing at home, especially on Sunday night football, you know, we don't have primetime Kirk, but we have primetime Dobbs. We'll be able to see what happens. I think this Vikings offense definitely cools a little bit. It wouldn't surprise me if it's like a 2017 or 2013 type game. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I'm going to go with the Broncos winning. And then secondly, I'm going to go with the Raiders at the Dolphins. Another interesting matchup. The Raiders are 2-0 with their new coach, the Dolphins. I feel like they're a lot better than the record indicates. They're 6-3. and three. They're currently on that one-game losing streak, losing in Germany. But they're also coming off a bye week, which is huge. You get to play in Miami. It's been a period of time for that. And they're also 4-0 and at home. Just goes to show how much that home field advantage does play for them. Two on their offense, I definitely think is going to come out swinging. The Raiders, I just feel like they've had two games where they really haven't had to do anything on defense. And what I mean by that is the fact that they played the Jets and then they also played the New York Giants. And they really don't got to worry about anything there. And so having those two teams there really opens the door for, you know, what are they really made of? And now that they have their new coach, new swagger, sure. But go ahead and play in Miami and see if you're really legit. And if they are and they do come in with a, a victory, then I think they're going to be legit. But the Raiders are 1-4 and four at home, on the road. The Dolphins are 4-0 at home. I think the Dolphins do win this game here. Okay, next we got our lock of the week. So lock of the week, Cowboys over Panthers. I mean, this Cowboys team has been really good except for their running back room. I mean, Tony Pollard is non-existent uh, back there. I mean, Dak Prescott is kind of coming into his own this season right at the perfect time where Pollard has basically disappeared. They've been passing a lot more. This Panthers defense isn't good. The offense really hasn't been doing anything. Also, this Cowboys defense is great. I mean, against the run game, they've been solid. They've had some they've had limited success in the run game for the Panthers. Uh, they've, I guess you could say they've had more in the passing game, even though they really haven't been uh, that good in the passing game either. I mean, with Bryce Young, I mean, you expect some struggles, but it, you, I didn't expect it to be this bad. And this defense has given up the second least amount of passing yards, uh, just up under 1,500. They have a lot of 13 uh, touchdowns passing, but also 10 interceptions. So I wouldn't be surprised if Bryce Young has another interception. Uh, he's kind of like Josh Allen that way, just not as good or, or a little bit worse than Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen has been good. But basically a pick every single game as well for Bryce Young. So I have a Cowboys over Panthers. I think it's the best lock of the week. So my lock of the week is going to be a bit of an interesting one. I'm going to go ahead and go with a little bit of a surprise here. No, I'm just kidding. Cowboys at Panthers, right? I mean, I've been buying high on the Panthers, and I'm probably going to continue to do that for the rest of my existence, especially this season. But at the end of the day, look, Cowboys-Panthers is going to be a very interesting game between these two teams. Obviously, the, the Panthers are sitting with a 1-8 record. Not very good. The Cowboys are 6-3. and three. Cowboys are 2-3 and three on the road. You know, I think Dak Prescott on the offense, I thought they were going to be a little bit quiet last week against the Giants. I don't know why I said that. But the Cowboys offense has been absolutely rolling. I'm hoping CD, for fantasy purposes, continues to go on a tear. Same with Dak Prescott. And how is Bryce Young going to fare, right? Adam Thielen, guys like that. I feel like Adam Thielen, after the first four weeks of the season, just completely fell off a cliff. Not necessarily, but he's just been really quiet compared to where he was to start the season. So getting him going is going to be huge. Getting some of their other options as well is going to be huge. And this team as a whole has got to be playing a lot better. I think the Cowboys are the better team. But at the end of the day, who really knows what's going to happen between these two sides? It should be a fun and exciting one to say the least. And I think as time goes on, um, we're really going to see what happens here. But for me, I'm going to go with the Cowboys beating the Panthers in this matchup okay and then your upset of the week 
So my upset of the week, I'm going to have Titans over Jags. Like I said, I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, so I, was, uh, I added it to my, most, or my other games to watch. I think the Titans are going to, uh, their offense is going to start rolling again. I mean, they've been pretty sna- stagnant these last two weeks. Levis hasn't done anything. And this is the game where they start to do something. Jack's defense has been the best. T.Y., I think, will have a good game. He'll definitely have a better game than he did last week. But um, with the limited amount of touchdowns T.Y. has been able to produce, I think the Titans just outscore him. So in this one, I got the Titans of the Jaguars. Look, I don't think the Jaguars are legit. I really don't. And I'm probably going to continue to say this for the rest of my existence as well. The Jaguars did show a lot of inconsistencies last week. They're sitting with a 6-3 and three record. Last week, obviously, losing the 49ers 34-3. Their offense is just way too inconsistent, as you talked about. Trevor Lawrence has not been playing good whatsoever. This defense, I think, is fine. What's kind of interesting, though, about the Jaguars is the fact that they're 4-0. and Guys, 4-0 and on the road, but 2-3 and at home. You know, in this matchup as well, you know, the Titans losing last week. Will Levis hasn't looked great. I understand that. I think they find a way to get their first road win. They're 0-5 on the road, 3-1 and at home, which really goes to show the home field advantage play. But I just think the Jaguars aren't legit. I think the Texans – or the Titans, excuse me, are too good to be a team that's 3-6. and six. And Will Levis has had kind of a couple of quiet weeks, so getting back in the swing of things is definitely going to help this team. Are they going to make a push for the postseason? I don't know, but they definitely have to if they want to take on the division winner – or the division leader, I should say. You cut that game mark to two. I like the Titans in this one. I think it's going to be an upset, and I think the Jaguars go down this wrong path. All right, let's go ahead and move into the fantasy portion. Go ahead and give me your two must-starts. So my first must-start is going to be Amon Ra. He had a really good game last week uh, coming off that bye. I, he didn't get any touchdowns, but a good amount of targets, good amount of receptions at over 100 yards. I believe Jameer Gibbs had two touchdowns, and Dave Montgomery had uh, one. So basically took away all the touchdown uh, opportunities this past week, but against but in this game, I think Monroe against the Bears, I think it's easy one. Bears defense has not been good. They've given up the third most passing yards in the NFL, uh, 2,482, but also 20 passing touchdowns, only six interceptions. I mean, a lot of passing touchdowns. I believe that's the second most in the NFL, uh, just right behind the Commanders. And then my next up, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. I think Kelsey's going to have a big game here. Against the Eagles, this is a game that the Chiefs don't want to want to drop. And also, as mentioned before, this Eagles pass defense is not good. They've given up the six most, six or seventh most yards uh, up to this point: two thousand three hundred thirteen yards, the nineteen touchdowns, which I believe is tied for the third most uh, passing touchdowns, or is the third most. Uh, with very few interceptions also, uh, only four interceptions. The run defense has been solid. I think the Chiefs really rely on the passing game, and Kelsey's been that number one target. Yeah, so, you know, for me, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Scary Terry versus the Giants. I love Scary Terry. Scary Terry is – I mean, Scary Terry has not had the best of seasons, don't get me wrong, but I still think he's a tremendous player. Look at a guy like Terry McLaurin, the 17th ranked position wide receiver. Last week, only four catches for 33 yards. I believe it was his lowest besides week one as far as fantasy points at 7.3. But before that, 12 points, 17, 15, 14. Like, you know, you're going to get consistency there. I think at the end of the day, Scary Terry, you know, has not played as well compared to what Sam Howell in that offense was expected to do. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't press, you should press the panic button on him just yet. I think he's got a favorable matchup this week against the Giants. Sure, the Giants are a disaster. Their offense is so bad that their defense is going to be on their field on the field consistently. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. You know, I think they're going to find a way to get it done. And I'm, I'm curious to see how this Commanders offense is really going to start moving because it just seems like 
it's either really good or really bad. But I think Scary Terry needs to see a little bit more consistency, and I think there's a perfect opportunity for him to do that starting this week. And then second, I'm going to go ahead and go with Jerry Judy. I like Jerry Judy a lot. I know he's questionable right now. don't know if he's going to be playing for sure, so this is kind of a – um, asterisk to, to say, but you know, he does have a little bit of a hip injury, which probably affected him a little bit last week, only 6.5 points with three catches for 35 yards. Only has one touchdown in the season as well. I know a lot of Jerry Judy fantasy owners up there are very disappointed with that. He's rostered in 76.8% of leagues. Probably not a lot of people are going to be, you know, starting him, but historically he's done very well on Sunday night football. So maybe that's something not um, necessarily a coincidence, but in this matchup in particular, I know the Vikings defense better than anybody, and they are very prone to wide receiver play. Give up the big bomb, especially to guys like Jerry Judy. I know Cortland Suns had a great campaign, but I think Jerry Judy's a guy that can definitely go under the radar and be a successful player for them this week um, against his Minnesota Vikings team. Okay, your two must sits. So first must sit, I'm going to go with Elijah Moore. I mean, losing to Sean Watson now uh, – to that shoulder injuries uh, going into a season-ending surgery. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is going to be their quarterback. And Elijah Moore hasn't been good unless Deshaun Watson's been in. And even then, he really hasn't been that good this season. I thought I was really high on Elijah Moore. I thought he was going to have a really good season uh, going over to the Browns, but he's been very disappointing. And the Steelers' defense is pretty solid. I mean, they have a better run defense than pass. They're right in the middle of the road right now, uh, more bottom third, I guess. Uh, and passing yards allowed at 2,238, but they ha- and allowing uh, in comparison not a, right in the middle of the road in touchdowns at 12, but also 10 interceptions, which uh, is top third. I want to say it's tied for third or tied for fourth uh, in interceptions. So I don't expect them to be going to Elijah Moore a whole lot. He may be a little bit better in PPR, but just because he is that slot wide receiver, they are. Uh, especially with Dorian Thompson Robinson, they don't want to try to push the ball with the deep, uh, with the deeper passes. Being able to go to someone like that, uh, right in the middle of the field in a PPR setting, he could be a little bit better. But next up, I'm going to go with Deontay Foreman. I mean, he's been good these last few weeks with the Bears, uh, but going against the Lions defense is going to be tough for him. I mean, they've given up the second least amount, second least amount of rushing yards up to this point. 712 yards. It's also coming off a of bye week being able to watch basically Deontay Foreman be the only option for this Bears team. I know, and also it doesn't help with Fields coming back. Uh, I don't think Foreman's been the best when Fields is on the field. Uh, no pun intended there. Uh, they also only have, a, they've also allowed seven rushing touchdowns. So it is a little bit more, uh, they're more middle of the road with that, but not many yards here. Only also giving up 3.7 yards per carry. So not a whole lot, and I also expect Fields to take away a lot of those rushing attempts from Deontay Foreman. So my first one's going to be Luke Musgrave this week versus the Chargers. Look, I, going into the season, was a big Luke Musgrave fan, but for me it just has not been working this season, and I don't know why, to be honest. I mean, yeah, he's a rookie, sure. He showed some signs of strength and fortitude. You know, week three, six catches, 49 yards. He had his first touchdown in week nine, three catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. But I think at the end of the day, one of the reasons why I'm skeptical about him is the fact that I'm skeptical about the Packers' offense as a whole. And typically when your quarterback doesn't play good, your wide receiver options don't play good as well. I think this Chargers defense is way better than people give them credit for. Yeah, they're a little bit older. They got some veteran guys like Khalil Mack, Derwin James, guys like that. But I still think this is a very good front for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, obviously going up with guys like Nick Bosa as well. So there's a lot of area of improvement for both sides. But you look at this team as a whole, I just don't like the matchup. I thought he was going to do well last week. He only had two catches, 64 yards, sure. But, I mean, that's not consistent. I can't I can't start him this week for that reason. So 
definitely gonna go with him. And then I'm gonna go with this again. CJ Stroud didn't go with the sit. I know what people are gonna say. Why are you the biggest CJ Stroud hater? I just I am. I, I can never wrap my head around CJ Stroud being good. And I'm just gonna continue doing this until CJ Stroud has a bad game. This week they are going against the Cardinals. I don't know. I just feel like I don't know. 41 points week before, 19 points last week. I think he does three turnovers. Hot take there. He's had two interceptions all year, so he has three turnovers, at least two. Say at least two turnovers. And doesn't give you enough fantasy value. I think he gets under 15 fantasy points this week. So it's just kind of a hit or miss pick. But that's just because it's kind of a comical one just because I've been a CJ Stroud hater, it seems like, the entire season. But um, in all seriousness, I would not start him this week. I think Arizona's got a little bit of fire under them. They got to have a bad defense as well, especially when Buda Baker's out there. And, uh, you know, with Arizona playing with a win last week, getting that win there, I think it's going to be a good Arizona Cardinals victory this week. Okay, your two sleepers. So my first sleeper, I'm going to go Sam Howell here. Uh, you mentioned Terry McLaurin. Uh, you expect him to have a really good week. I guess the Giants, I think Sam Howell is going to have a really good week. Uh, with that, Giants have given up the six most passing yards up to this point of 2,373, also 13 passing touchdowns uh, to only six interceptions. So an okay ratio like in comparison to a lot of other teams. But again, this Giants defense is going to be on the field a lot. I don't expect the Giants offense to be moving the ball. Uh, so with more tired defense, I think Sam Howell is going to be able to really benefit from that. And next up is going to be Hollywood Brown. I mean, he wasn't good last week with Kyler uh, coming back. You would expect that. Uh, I, I expected a rusty game out of Kyler. I didn't think that he was going to have the best game. Uh, but against this te- Texans defense, who's been a lot more shootouts as of recently, uh, they've given up – I don't know exactly what it is. I think they're number 13 most passing yards given up uh, with 2,218, nine passing touchdowns to six interceptions. So a good ratio there. But I think Kyler, the, the second week, he's going to be more in a groove. Uh, shook off a lot of the rust last week, and I think he'll be much better this week. And Hollywood Brown basically being the only wide receiver there. Trey McBride had a huge game uh, last week, just being in the middle of the field, being that uh, – just that option for Kyler would be right there. Uh, not much of explosive plays, but I think he had almost like 10 k- catches, if not more, uh, over 100 yards. I think that Kyler will start taking more deeper shots down the field uh, and being more comfortable. So my first one's going to go ahead and be Dorian Thompson-Robinson. You know, you said it earlier, he's getting the start this week. Uh, to be quite honest, I don't know why he's starting. I mean, I think P.J. Walker is a very good quarterback, obviously. The one game that he did start was at home versus the Ravens, and he didn't look good at all. Had 121 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. But I'm buying the hype this week. You know, I'm really excited to see what he's going to be able to do. Um, I think this is going to be a very good matchup for him. You know, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I love watching him in the preseason. Obviously, that's why I picked him up in my Dynasty League after the Hall of Fame game. Look, at the end of the day, I'm looking for consistency at my quarterback position and a lot of, you know, completed passes because those can turn into those some big plays downfield. And that's one of the reasons why I'm excited for Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And obviously at UCLA, too, he was a tremendous asset for UCLA as far as being able to be a good passing quarterback as well as being a good running quarterback. So I think all the tools are there. Would I start DTR this week? And as the Cleveland Browns, probably not. I think P.J. Walker is the more established player, and that's obvious. But I think if you want to take a gamble with a quarterback this week, why not go with DTR? I don't know what you can necessarily lose. I think you have a, a perfect opportunity to have success. And like I said, I think he's one of those guys that can be really hit or miss. So the biggest question mark is, are you ready to take that risk? And if so, how, uh, how effective will you be with it? And then secondly, I'm going to go ahead and go with Gabe Davis. Uh, I love Gabe Davis this week. At Cincinnati, zero catches. That's the Gabe Davis I know. Last week, two catches, 56 yards. Look, this Bills offense needs a bolst. And 
you know, getting rid of Ken Dorsey probably is going to help them this week. And what I mean by that is typically when guys get fired like that, their offense is rejuvenated or their defense is rejuvenated. So the offense is going to be rejuvenated this week. I think Gabe Davis gets at least one touchdown. He had a stretch of four games where he had a touchdown, weeks two through five. I think he gets back in the swing of things there. Only one touchdown in his last five games. I think he's a big deep ball threat as well, especially against this Jets team. I know the Jets defense is good, but at the end of the day, this is going to be a good battle for Gabe Davis to get back in the swing of things. So I'm really excited to see what he's going to be able to do this week. And then your two busts. So my first bust is going to be Josh Allen. I know how you mentioned that usually after the firing of a coach, like both sides of the ball gets a little more boost, but I mean, Josh Allen, you talk about you need consistently consistently have a quarterback. I mean, aver- he averages more than a turnover per game, uh, basically an interception per, ga- per game up to this point. And now going against the Jets defense, I know the Jets as a whole, between uh, their or not as a whole, their offense sucks, but their defense is great. They've only allowed uh, 1,524 yards up to this point, which is the third best. Nine touchdowns to nine interceptions. I mean, if you want to talk about – one one to one ratio right there. I mean, Josh Allen, every touchdown he gets, he's gonna throw an interception. Uh I mean, that's what that's what the stats come out to against this defense. Uh for every touchdown I give up, they get an interception. Uh I think that there's a good chance that Josh Allen does throw another interception this week, especially going against a team where the defense has been basically the entire team. The offense has been able to move the ball. There has been moments, uh, but even then, I mean as many opportunities Josh Allen's probably going to get uh, for the limited time that the Jets defense or offense can be out on the field. The defense has been used to it up to this point, playing majority of the time uh, on the field. And then next up, I'm going to go for Rashad White. I'm not a fan of, I've never been a fan of Rashad White for the Bucks, but especially not this week against the 49ers. 49ers have given up the third least uh, rushing yards with 748 up to this point and only four rushing touchdowns. If you look at some of these 49ers losses, that little three-run sh- streak they went on of losses, they really weren't they really weren't beaten in the run game. Uh, in comparison against the Jags last week, I mean I know, I know it was a win, but didn't give up really any rushing yards there. They did have the bye week for that, but against the Bengals, it's really their uh, pass defense that got torched. Joe Burrow had a really good game. Uh, there, outside of that, like I said, against the Vikings, if I'm not wrong, and the rushing game really wasn't that good. They, yeah, they had 19, 21 rush attempts against them, giving up right around 74 yards. So 75 yards. I mean, they haven't been beat on the ground. They've been, if they've gotten beat through the air, I expect that to be the same here for Sean White. So my first one's going to be Tutu Atwell. Now, Tutu Atwell had some excitement, especially to start the season. Six catches for 119, had 17, 15, and then 17 points. And has only gotten over 10 points once in the last six games. 10.1 there against Pittsburgh with a one catch for 31 yards and one touchdown. I know some people are excited about Tutu Atwell, but at the end of the day, I'm not. I need a guy that's going to be consistent. A 2-2 Atwell, for me, is just not going to be very consistent for your fantasy team. You know, when he does get points, it seems to be very hit or miss. And those are always guys you want to try to avoid as much as possible. And so that's one of the reasons why I don't like him. Um, In this matchup as well against the Seahawks, it's going to be difficult for him to have success. Yeah, maybe come off a bye you would like it, but the week before that, four catches, 13 yards, not buying the hype there. And secondly, I'm going to go with Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon has been very disappointing for me. I don't know why I was really excited about Jarek McKinnon going into the season. Oh, I did, because he's a PPR running back, and he showed up the last five weeks of the season. 
Last week, sure, two catches, 22 yards, and touchdown. Is this the start of Jarek McKinney where he gets a receiving touchdown every game like he did last season? Maybe. But Philadelphia is no joke. He's going to be either 34, 30 fantasy points or literally three. I don't know. Too risky for me. I'm benching him. But if you're having fun and you like a guy like Jarek McKinnon, he does have that potential to get six, seven, even eight receptions this week with one or two touchdowns. And maybe this is the start of the Jarek McKinnon trade. A train, excuse me, where we go down a hill there of Jerick McKinnon getting a receiving touchdown every game. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. Make sure you guys do follow The Truth on Instagram and TikTok as well at the.tt.truth. We do an Instagram Live every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We then post the highlights and clips on our Instagram and TikTok page. We do appreciate you guys listening. As always, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, joined once again by AJ Ponciano. Take care and good night.